It is so great to be together this morning. If you are in grades one to six, Sunday buzz is on this morning. It would be great for you guys to head out. The rest of you can take a seat. And I would love to welcome Nicola McDermott, now Ollie Sluggers, up onto the stage. Can we do that, church? Give her a really warm welcome. Thank you so much, band. We have a little video clip to play to you. Um, before we do, standing beside me here is the high jump champion of Australia. She won. Nicola won a silver medal at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, many of us were watching that event and so blessed to be watching you, Nicola. Let's just have a little reminder of what took place um, last year. I just year. want to say thank you to Australia for, for being on this journey with me to gold. This silver's like gold for me today. Um, and, you know, my hope is that the stadiums will be filled again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in a post-COVID world, but um, maybe not even just for athletics performances, but that we'll see revivals again in the stadiums and that people would hear a message of faith and a gospel and really inspire like they did in Billy Graham decades ago. And um, that's my dream from a medal. I'm definitely still jumping in Paris. I'm going after that gold, but um, I'm going to keep putting my 100% in because if this is just like a little bit of encouragement one person watching that anything is possible when you have faith, then I've done my job today. Oh, you have done your job, but there's so many questions I want to ask you. I'll start with your faith. When did this become such a significant part of your life? I think as a teenager, um, you know, I was, I was always an outcast and I got welcomed in um, to a faith community that loved me. And I just remember encountering God love and it changed the way that I thought of myself as a misfit and like, you know, why am I created so tall and stuff and it gave me passion and purpose to use it. Um, and I, I think in, in 2017 was my big moment where it, it flicked a switch and I just decided to pursue God over sport and whatever comes with sport is a bonus but I'm already complete and perfect in love regardless of it and that's just allowed me to soar over every high jump bar and not be, um, not be scared anymore because I'm loved and that's the most important thing. Amazing, amazing. I can't even imagine what that's like to look back on it now. Um, Nicola, we, many of us were watching in our lounge rooms as you um, won that medal. And when you spoke about revival, um, that people would fill stadiums again for the gospel, it resonated something in our heart. That is, it has been our prayer for 30 years in this church that we would see revival again, not only in our community and city, but in this nation of Australia and across the world. So tell us, you know, where did that dream come from for you? Thank you, Jodie. Yeah, I think for me was that turning point in 2017. I decided I want to go all in for God and whatever it looks like, God, I want your dreams for my life. And then I just saw a vision of these stadiums being filled with people, but not just for spectators, which is my bread and butter, like that's what I do um, for my job, but 
I wanted to see people worshipping like we, we were worshipping on Sunday morning, but transform not only our city or nation, but just transform the world with these events. And that was my heart, that we could use something as small as sport to change the world forever. Well, we've pretty much been waiting since then to have you stand here and share with us. So we're pretty excited that you're here today. And I would love to pray as you bring God's word to us today, Nicola. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you um, that Nicola is part of your unfolding plan, that you are an eternal God who has an eternal plan of salvation, God, to unfold in this world. So we thank you for your word now. Thank you for bringing each person here and online listening to this message this morning. Thanks that you want to speak to us today. Open our hearts. Come Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Bruce and Baptist, to invite me here. It it has been um, over a year since that Olympic moment, but what an opportunity. Um, I was praying to God and saying, what do you want to share in Brisbane this weekend? And I was reminded about the Christmas story. And now we've got our Christmas trees on the stage. And I was reminded of the moment where Mary got encountered by Gabriel. And he told her, you are going to be the woman that is going to carry the Messiah, like the Lamb of God, that's going to be inside of you. And he, she, was, she wasn't um, scared and ran away, but her response is something that really impacted me. Rather than thinking of her own dreams of life and her own plan and trajectory, her response was this, and it's in Luke chapter 1, verse 37 to 38, and I just have it on the screens here. It says, For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And I was thinking of this amazing woman that was a fiance planning her wedding. Now we just got married seven months ago. I know how much work goes into that. I know how much work goes into wedding planning. And in that moment, all of her, her dreams of having this big grand wedding sort of just got turned upside down because she was willing to say, you know what, I'm saying yes to God. I'm saying yes to having the Holy Spirit come inside of me and use me to hold a baby. And in that culture, she was willing to lay down her dream to take up God's dream for her life. And for that, I was thinking of her response. How can someone have a response with that kind of obedience, but also that kind of willingness to say, use me? And I was reminded that it comes out of relationship. I I truly believe it wasn't the first time that she had had um, a moment with God when Gabriel came. I really believe there was a whole journey in the lead up to that moment when she said, behold, I am your servant. And it comes in the preparation. And that's something I really wanna nail in on today of the preparation before the big moment. 
You saw that interview and that didn't come from just out of the blue. The Holy Spirit came upon me and I spoke that message. That came from years of preparation and prayer and training and partnering with God of saying, God, how do you wanna use me? Of course he could do it. He could just, I could open my mouth and he says whatever he wants to. But there is joy in partnering with God in the moment because what you do in the secret place what you do when no one's watching or maybe nobody sees is important of what you're doing, God really values that. So it's in the moment that we can say, behold, I am your servant for something as small as doing the laundry or doing something behind the scenes will make profound impacts. And I was reminded of the last time I competed in Queensland. It was June 2021. It was right before I was about to go overseas for the Olympics. And I was in the best shape of my life. I'd recently jumped two metres for the first time in Australian history, which was a dream in itself. Can't go into that today. We'll take all morning. But um, it was... It was something where I was in the best shape of my life. And the way that it works in athletics world is that you make money by going to these competitions and prize monies. And the more successful you are, the more unique you are, they love that. Competitions thrive off that. And so I was like this unique and endangered Pokemon or something to them because it was like a, a two metre jumper from Australia. That's never been, like they wanted me. They were like, whatever it takes, get her in. But we had said no to every competition in Europe for that moment because we really believed we needed to be in Queensland. Australia had, had said that there was going to be this amazing competition in Townsville, good weather, good track, amazing crowd. It's going to be fantastic. And we're like, we'll say no to all of these prestigious competitions because I think something good's gonna happen in Townsville. So anyway, I get there in the best shape of my life. I was ready to do something out of this world. I had put, my, my heart's intention was to go for gold in the Olympics. And I got that about 12 months before the Olympics. So I was training, I, tr I trained every day past 100%. I changed my posture in the way that I sit, the way that I sleep, the way I breathe, the way I think. I trained every single moment of the day. Every gram I ate, every gram I weighed, it was all measured. And I can't tell you the amount of effort that goes into changing everything. But I was willing to do it because I believed it was a calling of God upon my life. And I saw it as worship, not as work. That makes it difference. When you have a love and you do it out of love, you're willing to go the extra mile. Was well, I saw all the time, but I was like, this is something worth being sore over. So I got to Townsville, best shape of my life. I've put in 110% to everything. And we get there and I rock up to the Townsville track and I think, am I in the wrong place? I arrive, there is five people there, including the officials. And I was like, and I, I, I was a bit silent. I thought, where's the people? Where, where's the crowd? <laughs> I, I walked around, there's only one track in Townsville, so I was at the right place. And out of the shadow, I see a few more people come out. There's a few like multi-eventers, mostly officials and the parents of of the two athletes competing. I was like, oh my goodness, it's not even gonna be a legal comp because you need to have three girls to make a comp. 
14-year-old jumps the fence with, I don't even think she's wearing spikes at this stage, barefoot, and a 54-year-old woman saying, where are your competitors today? And I thought, no, no, God, no, no. Like we, <laughs> we'd already planned for this. And then I, I made the mistake. I looked into my coach's eyes and I saw heartbreak. And he was like, we have put everything on the line for this. And he knew how hard I was training. He really did. And he just, the way that I saw him, his body language, I could just tell we just wanted to go home right there and then. It's like, we've just, we've blown it. Like, what, what is this? And it was a moment of faith for me. It was a moment where I went, okay, God, I have zero passion to jump today. Everything that the organisers could have controlled in that moment, it turned out that I was put on the day before the main competition so there was no one there. I don't even think the athletes who were meant to be competing were there. It was just dead quiet. And I've heard God say, like, in the secret place, that's where I reward you. I didn't have the luxuries of having a crowd that day or having an incentive to jump high. All I had was that this was going to be worship and I was going to give it to him. That's all I had. And I was like, God, you need to be my strength today because I can't rely on my own strength. I've just put all my effort into something where it almost felt like I'd trained my entire life for an Olympic stadium and then that's just for playing catch with your dad at the local um, park. Like, you know, you just put in all of this effort for, I didn't even have to put in effort for this, but that's sort of the meaning of life in that moment. I was going out there to play catch with my heavenly father it didn't actually matter that the incentives or the rewards or things. I was doing it for him to be with him and to do it for him. And it was a joy to, to worship. And I was listening to the song from Maverick City Music and the, it's called Still Holy. And there was this part in the song where it says, he's in the fire, he's in the flames. Don't stop working and um, hold on to faith. Don't you stop praising. Just lift his name higher and higher. He's in the fire. And in that moment, that was my fire moment of going, I feel like every doubt and every disappointment, every bit of shame and all of that thing, you could have had that magnum yesterday. It wouldn't have mattered. Like, you know, you could have had that. You didn't have to train that hard. Like, you could have, you know, all of those things. You can, you can sleep in your comfortable position. Like, you've been doing this for 12 months. All of those things came into my head and I had that moment of, this is worship and I'm doing it all onto Him. And I jumped that day out of His strength and not my strength. And I've got a video of, of this and it's me jumping one metre 98 at this competition. And I would say that, you can see that there's not many people. Um, and I jumped 198 that day. And that just, oh, like he was, he's so kind. Like God's so kind. In that moment when I felt I had nothing, he gave me the strength to do something. and. I still look at that jump and I was like, that was cleared by 10. So that's like a world record jump. And that was just playing catch with my dad. Was that a legal jump? Apparently the 14 year old and the 54 year old, they made it work that it was a legal jump. So I was like, <laughs> um, but thank you, Lord. Um, but that was my preparation for the Olympic games. You know, when people were saying, okay, like how are you gonna cope with an Olympics without a full stadium? I'm like, 
that video. Like, because <laughs> when I was when I was going for it, that's the other thing. I I'm very animated with them jump. I've got another video coming up shortly, but I'm very animated. You know, I lift my hands high in the air. I scream. I get up and I jump. I was doing that with no, like, they weren't even clapping for me because they were holding the flags to hold, like, I didn't have any clap. I was like, let's show the clap. And it's just like, kookaburras are flying away and stuff. Like, that's, that's what I had for the Olympics, right? But in my heart, I said yes to God. And I was like, I'm gonna put in 100%. And I knew it would be worthwhile. And, you know, I finished the Townsville meeting and the 14-year-old goes, are you in the under 15s as well? I was like, no, sweetie. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I think she would have gotten a shock when I was at the Olympic Games. But anyway, so then we fast forward. We're going, we're going, we're skipping a bit of my story and we go to the 6th of August in the Olympics. And that was a moment where it's, it's different at the Olympic Games. Like it is the biggest stage in the world. But I went there and I just qualified for the final and I had believed God for gold. Like I had believed that there was gonna be something big that day. And I, I remember the night before, I looked at the weather forecast and it said it was gonna be raining the whole day of my final. And that sort of breaks your heart because I had trained to the point where I know I've got a jump in me that no one's ever expected me to jump. I know I can get the gold, but I'm gonna need all of the conditions. I'm gonna need like a nice humidity, good bounce in the track, nice sun, no wind, no rain. God, like I'm, I'm putting in my, my order in for tomorrow. And the weather forecast said so different. I felt good. I felt like I was in the best shape of my life, but who knows what happens, right? And I just remember that night, rather than watching the other um, competitions and things, I just stayed in my room alone with God and God was speaking so clearly to me that day because there'll be times when God's speaking loud and there'll be times when he feels like he's silent. He was in a chatty mood that day, so I was very thankful. And I was like, God, I, what happens if it rains? And he's like, don't you know I control the wind and the waves and the clouds and the rain? I was like, what happens if I fail? And you know, as athletes, I really believe the two biggest fears we have is the first, getting injured, so all of your work sort of just coming to ruin, and the second is disappointing your country on a major stage. That, that's a real fear. But who knows that the fear of something is so much worse than the thing actually happening. I just gave those to God and went, oh. and he's like, you know what, success isn't jumping high, success is jumping for me, Nicola. You'd already given it all to me, and I just felt this peace come over me. And I was like, God, but I'm not too sure if this is going to relate to, you know, like, I want revival. I've been praying for revival. Lord, I just, how is this gonna all happen? I don't know if I could do this thing. And he said, I believe you can do all things. And I read um, Philippians 4 in that moment, that night, and it's verse 11 to 13. I want, you to, I want to read it out for you guys. It says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. 
And I knew in that moment that everything that I'd done, I can't tell you the amount of cans of tuna I ate, like <laughs> the amount of food in the buffet of the Olympics that I said no to, I was like, no, I'm just saying yes to the Lord. Um, and in that moment, I just saw everything, of facing plenty, of being in need. I know what it is to be hungry as a high jumper, and I know what it is to abound. I know what it is to have three people, and I know what it is to have billions of people watching. Like, but the contentment came from being in a relationship with God and knowing that he's there. And I felt like I just poured out everything to him and there was nothing else hidden. I remember I went to bed that night and God's like, have you got any other concerns? I was like, no, I think we're good. He's like, all right, all right. Woke up in the morning, didn't look at the weather forecast, didn't look at my phone even. I was like, just put it away. And that day at the Olympic Games, was amazing. I remember standing on my mark, like we have a bit of tape, there's a bit of tape on the stage here and it just reminded me. The moment I step onto my mark in the Olympic Games and you're there and you've got a one minute countdown and people that don't even have faith, you wanna say a prayer or something, like oh. But I was there, hands high, and I was belting out a worship song. And I remember, they're like, Nicola, like, you're next. It's, um, you know, your jump, first attempt, two metres. And I just remember, I was like, God, I'm out here. And this stadium that people said, oh, it's going to be so hard to jump without a crowd. There were, like, about a few hundred people. There was 297 more people than Townsville, I can tell you that. And I was just like, it's going to be hard to go for a clap. I was like, they don't even know the preparation I've had. <laughs> and I was there and thinking, you know what? This is worship to God. I'm happy that the TV didn't have the sound because I'm not the worship leader, but I know I could be a worship leader with the way I trained my feet. And I can, if I can't worship with my mouth, I'll worship with my feet. And God just said, like, I was like the interrupting the bridge. I was about to belt out the bridge. He's like, let's continue this worship song in your jump. And I would just, and like, and the way I did, and I cleared two meters for the first attempt and I was in the gold medal position. And so many people didn't believe that I was gonna compete that well. I've gotten spoken over a lot of times in my life that you'll never amount to anything on the major stage. And there'll be things like that. But let me tell you, when the Lord has spoken a word over you, any doubt or any fear or any like concerns over your life that someone else has spoken, it just gets eradicated. The blood of Jesus does a lot. <laughs> just have to believe in it. And I jumped that day with so much joy. It felt like I was just here in church. I didn't realize how many billions were watching. And this is the 202 jump that is the highest jump I've ever done in my life to this moment. Um, and it was at the Olympic Games. I promised to bring the book to show Australia. Oh, what did you yeah. write down? And you're also writing on a singer. Song, continuing how are you marking it? yourself? Explain that to our and audience. Yeah, yeah. So I was giving myself a rating out of 10 for every single component of the jump. And by the last jump, that was my highest jump. I'd laid everything down and that was a silver medal jump. And I will say, I went for gold and I didn't get it. But the joy that I experienced in going for it, of going for a goal that was so outside of my comfort zone, actually allowed me to rely fully and lean fully on the strength of the Lord. 
And people saw the journal that I had, that I had a cross and I ridden a cross here and I wore a cross there. I was like, I wanna like brand myself with Jesus to the point where that even if they don't, they don't let me speak, they'll be able to see that Jesus is upon me. And, but, and people say, you know, you carried the cross in that stadium that night. But I would say on the night of the most that I needed the Lord, the cross carried me. He carries us in those moments. But onto that, um, that podium, knowing that that was like a laid down altar. And I was willing in that moment saying, God, if, it require, if you require it, you can take everything. Like even if um, this, this medal, this, the moment they hear about my faith and they sort of want to shut it down. I even got told, if you mention Jesus on the platform, we're turning off those TV cameras the moment you do. I was like, you can take it away. God gives and God takes away. Man doesn't actually have that authority. And so I walked up to the interviewer and that interview that I spoke, I didn't realise it was going to be broadcasted across so many people, so many millions and billions of people would see that. But I was just doing it for the one. I thought the interviewer, you know, if he turns off the TV cameras, it doesn't matter. He got to hear the dream of revival in my testimony. And that's the power of the one. Jesus was always for the one. He didn't try to do multiple crowds. They came to him anyway, but he was always individual. And I thought, even if he does it, but they shared it. And God orchestrates everything, amen? That day was lockdown in Australia. And it was a Saturday night. And nobody had anything better to do than watch the Olympics. <laughs> And the basketballers were going for the bronze medal. And once they'd secured the bronze medal, it was interviewing the footage with me jumping for the gold and me worshipping on TV. And they're like, all right, switch. And so more and more people were watching me, which is crazy. And I just thought how he orchestrated everything that people would hear that message that day and whoever needed to hear it. The amount of testimonies, my phone broke. My, fo my emails broke because we had thousands and thousands of people messaging me going, I decided to give my life to Jesus the moment I saw that or I decided to get baptised. It's amazing. He puts all the pieces together because he has a covenant love and he has a plan for your life, which is so incredible. And I look at that and think, what's, what's the correlation between seeing revival in churches and jumping over a stick? Well, I can tell you that I didn't know the how, but I knew the why, and I said yes. Behold, I'm your servant. Do as you please. If he can do that with one, imagine what he can do in a congregation. And there's holiness attached to every single thing we do. There's great faith, and I just love that we don't have to... I didn't have to do the normal way. He created a path to be able to reach billions of people. I didn't have to be the most talented speaker. I just had to say yes in every moment. It costs you, but the reward is so great. I just remembered that in training even, when I would train, I, can, I train six days a week, multiple times a day. And... I try to do everything the best that I can, but I've realised that without God, I, I really, I couldn't do it. And there's a scripture verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 
And I'm just reading from verse seven. It says, but God gives the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. I can do all the training I want, but God makes my muscles grow. Like I can do all of the um, technical training and I can't tell you how technical high jump is. If any of you have ever done it or trained in it, you'll know how frustrating it is. But the joy of the Lord's the strength that I can continue. All right, let's do it again. I get told what I'm doing wrong every day, multiple times a day from my coach. And I can embrace it and go, that's the key, because if I know my weaknesses, I'll know my future strength and breakthrough. Let's go for it. Only Jesus has been the source and the substance for me to keep on going. And I can truly say that. He's the one that brings the growth in us. Because we don't even know what's inside of us. Like, I just thought, like, Mary, when she said yes to God, she didn't even know the seed that she had inside of her that would transform the world as we know it. And God knew my potential. I had a dream as a little kid that one day I'll make the Olympics. And God said, why don't you go for gold? Who is this? <laughs> but he knows the potential that I had more than I did. But I just had to partner faith and say yes to it. He's the one that with, we, when we have faith and action, it runs deep and it's strong. I'm reminded that what we do in the secret place, what I have done in training and, and places that no one else has seen, it would soon be available. And we were singing about David, about how he came against Goliath. But if you know scripture, you know that he was training up, he was versing lions and bears that were trying to take away his sheep. And the way that he loved his sheep he, he, he fought them and he conquered them. So when he looked at Goliath, he'd already had his preparation moment. I'd already had my preparation moment with God so that when I was on the big stage, when I was versing my Goliath, it wasn't overwhelming. It was like, all right, God's prepared me for this moment. David was a worshiper before he was a warrior. God saw the way that he looked after sheep and went, I believe you can shepherd my people. I'm going to trust you with that. Imagine if God saw every single thing that we did with significance, not just mundane. Like what if every moment that we did, they, he sees our heart posture and goes, I can trust you for more. I truly thank the Lord that I had those moments when I was in the secret place where nobody really knew who I was or at times I felt like they cared, they didn't even care, but God did. And he was like, all right. Now when we put onto the platform, because it became a heart posture that you just love people, you do things out of love. It's incredible the places and the testimonies he's given me from that. Every single thing that he's done, he has planted in us to give us a life and a great life. And it's John chapter 10, verse 10, that I'm just reminded of, that it says, the thief only comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I came that they can have a life and have it abundantly. I look and go, did I regret putting in my 100% to God? Did I regret aiming for gold and then getting silver? Absolutely not. I would never have gotten silver if I didn't go aim for gold because I wouldn't have had the capacity to keep going. But when I put my hopes and dreams in God, I know that I will never be put to shame. I know that in the secret place, 
in the things that we do with God, even in the thoughts and the patterns that we have, those small bits of things where we, we, we hold on to faith even when it feels like there's no reason for holding on anymore. Or we believe in things, we believe in miracles. He does things that changes our lives. He does things that amazes us if we just say yes to him. At the Commonwealth Games this year, the two things that athletes fear happened to me. I got a major injury in my jumping leg and I was, I was the golden girl getting ready to about to win a medal at the Commonwealth Games and I wasn't able to compete. I was put on the sidelines. And people would be like, I'm so sorry, that's terrible. But no, it was the best thing because you know what? I had a six to eight week injury, but God healed me within three weeks of that and I was competing again. And I have a testimony that all news, news screens know that I was injured, but now here she is jumping again with joy. My physio was like, I, I don't even know how that's possible. It's like, he's like, you must be a good healer. I was like, I know a good healer. It's different, it's different. <laughs> but, and everything that, the Lord has done in my life because I could posture myself with a yes to God and I've said yes to his dreams, I now have faith for even greater things. When I preached about wanting to see revival in stadiums, I didn't just then go, okay, tick the box, that's what God's dream was, I can move on. I'm like, I have belief that in my time of life, I will see generations rise up and we will see revival. I truly believe that there will be stadiums filled again. It is, it is in my heart that I believe that we will see a generation rise up and take the Word of God and lead it through, that we will see miracles. Like so many times people just see the Bible and just be like, wow, that was like the benchmark. I was like, that was a platform that we had to continue to jump higher. Like Jesus said that you will do greater things than this if you believe. Church, I want us to believe again and have faith that everything is possible with Him, all things, not just the things that we can see in front of us, but the things that are beyond us, the things that people and generations have prayed for to see. And I believe that. Even with Brisbane hosting the 2032 Olympics and this place right now, seated for a revival, and He'll raise up tall, skinny girls to speak on the Olympic Stadium, but he'll also raise up even out of the mouth of babes. And we can celebrate that, but we have to believe in it. If we don't have faith, what do we have? But church, I believe that we have faith, even if it's the smallest bit of faith, the mustard seed creates the greatest tree in the garden. What he can do in our lives is incredible if we say yes to him. And when I was just about to catch the plane here, I was doing my last session of the week and it's at the beach and I wanted to go in to get my recovery before the flight. And so my coach says, go up to your neck and then you'll get full recovery. And so I was at the beach and I didn't want to get my hair wet because I'm like, no, then I have to wash it and then it's not going to look as good. And oh, but maybe if I, if I wash it, I'm like, no, I reckon I can get away with another day without having to wash it. I'm like any women know exactly what I'm talking about. So I was like, oh, so what I did was I positioned myself in the water that I would crouch 
down and then it would just come up to here. But as soon as the waves came, I'd stand up and be like, you're not touching my hair. And this is the way that I did. I positioned myself so it wasn't, I wasn't gonna get my hair wet, but I was, I was sort of in, but not the fu- fully in. And I just heard the Lord speak to me in this and go, you'll never learn how to swim if you don't get your hair wet. And I didn't get my hair wet, if you're wondering. It's still, it's still, I'll wash it tomorrow, I promise. But um, in this, it's so much times of our faith, we, we, don't, we only position ourselves and we're not fully in. And we position ourselves in a way that as soon as the wind and waves come, we're actually not gonna be, um, we're not gonna be affected by it. But God wants us to be fully in for Him, 100%. Not the 50, not the 95, there's a few bit of hairs that are still dry. No, all in to dip dive into the river of grace and the love that He has for us, to learn not just to swim, but to serve and to enjoy it. To enjoy what the Christian life was always meant to be. To not position ourselves in a way that's just comfortable, that's safe. God always said that I will be with you always, but he never said it was going to be safe. He never said it was gonna be comfortable, but he said it was going to be abundant. It was going to be a blessed life. It was gonna be a favoured life. It was going to be a revelational life if we just say yes to him. And I just really came today with this mandate on my heart to go all in for God, regardless if you're like, okay, well, I've started getting a mustard seed or I've been faithful for years and years, but I wanna be, I think I'm at 95% capacity. And I'm just like, today is a day to go, you know what, I'm all in for God. I wanna see the things of God change and mold and shape the generations. I wanna dip dive directly into His love and I don't wanna leave anything to, to my own strength. I wanna put my 100% on everything because everything matters to Him. He cares about everything of your life, not just the things that look pretty and stuff, all of it. And I want us to live as a congregation of a kingdom, regardless if we live in different places of the world, we are all under one Lordship, one Spirit, and His name is Jesus Christ, amen? And I, I want that for us, church. So while we're here this morning, before we jump on another train back, plane back to um, Central Coast where my husband and I live, I just wanna give this opportunity that today if you're in church and you've got faith, or even if you don't have faith, this is, this is for everyone, right? And you think you're about at 70% capacity, 95, but you really wanna go the 100. You wanna see God do everything everything, have it all. And let me give you an example. It's like, look, I'll go and I'll do everything for God, but like, I don't want God sort of invited into my family because that might change my living dynamics. Or I don't want to be vocal about my faith in my workplace because that might cost me in a way. Or I don't want to be speaking about my faith to other people because they might judge me or I might lose the passion that I have. You know, the beautiful thing is that God has never, God didn't give us a faith that was a, that was a weak faith. He actually gave, even if it's small, it's the strongest thing in the world. Even persecution actually grows it. So I would say to you in this moment, go all in. Hair wet, everything, all in. 
all in for God, amen? So if anybody's got that call to respond today, I just want you to do something and just raise up your hand and say, I wanna go all in. I don't just wanna, I see those hands, amen? I wanna go all in for God. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it's gonna cost me, but I'm, I'm in. I'm, I, want, I want all of what God's got for me. So with your hands raised, I see you and we're gonna just pray. I wanna pray over you in this moment and with your hearts to open to receive. And then afterwards we can keep on praying and keep on worshipping. But in this moment, I just wanna pray over you guys and say, Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that the seeds of revival that are inside of us were made to be grown and we are giving them all to you today. You give the growth, God. You give the passion. And I pray that you use our 100%. I am all in for Jesus. I pray, God, that you give me a strength of faith to say yes to you in boldness. I wanna be used by you, God, that when people see me, they see you. More of you, less of me, Jesus. I pray that you use whatever I have in my giftings to serve and honour and glorify your name. I pray that today is a marking day, that today is my 100%. I am going all in for you, Jesus, because you are worthy of it all. I pray that you strengthen everyone here, especially those hands raised or hands hands not. I just thank you that you honour their heart, God. And I pray for revival. I declare revival in this city, in these churches, in these communities. Jesus, I I pray it starts with us. And I pray that all of these ones that have said yes, translate to a city that says yes. Use us, Lord, for your glory, for your name, for your Lordship, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Wow, isn't it amazing? It's hard not to get a bit, a bit emotional this morning. In fact, just, um, just the way God has just orchestrated everything. And I just want to say again, thank you, Reese and Nicola, for coming um, because you've spoken directly into things God has put in our heart. And Pete Maria here, when the church started 30 years ago in a football club down the road here, there was always a prayer. The Spirit of God would come, bring revival to this community and beyond. And we have seen God move in power. It's been amazing. But there is yet more He wants to do. And when you shared that on those, that interview, um, it, it stirred within us a fresh faith. We are not to stop praying for revival, that He is going to do it. He's going to move. And we have prayed as well. And with the Olympics, particularly with the Olympics coming to Brisbane, it was so significant because it was all lined up. It was literally, you did that interview, the the Olympics were announced around the same time and God already put something in our heart and it was just you affirming it. And so church, be faith-filled this morning. As Nicholas said, even if your faith is small, bring it, bring it this morning. 
Bring that faith. Don't miss out on what God wants to do. Don't miss out on the blessing he longs to pour out. And he needs to use you. He wants to use you. We need you. I want you to know that. We need you. Every gift of the body. That story, that hamper, you might think, well, what, what can I bring? Just bring what you have. Now, the Holy Spirit to breathe on that. Mesh it together with what he's doing. But we need you. Some, I just want to speak that for some. We need you. You're sort of sitting on the fringes, maybe thinking, what, what can I do here? How can I be a part of this? We need you. This next week, Christmas lights come. Just jump on. Just serve. Do whatever. Just be here. It's every gift of the body. So important. And so church, we want to finish this morning. We want to pray again with faith. All of us join together. We're at small or big faith this morning. But I don't know about you, but my faith has been stirred. So stirred. And so we're going to pray together, joining our hearts, joining our faith together. And as we do that, I want to read a passage of scripture God put on my heart today as you were sharing Nicola this might be for some particularly um, I realise that but definitely for us too as a church this is what Isaiah 43 says but now this is what the Lord says he who created you O Jacob put your name in there he who formed you O Israel fear not fear not for I have redeemed you I have summoned you by name. This is the creator God. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And I know some of you are passing through the waters at the moment. And there's going to be challenges ahead. It's not all going to be smooth sailing. When, when you pass through the waters, he says, I'm going to be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Hear that, son, this morning. For I am the Lord, your God, your God. How incredible is that thought? The Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Since you are precious and honoured in my sight. I, I, amazing that God would think that about us. Pressured. You, you are precious and honoured in his sight this morning because he loves you, it says, because I love you. I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. Then listen to this. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Hear that, some who are praying for family members this morning, praying for loved ones, sons and daughters, prodigals you're praying for. Everyone who is called by my name, who I created for my glory, who I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind. This is our commission this morning. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Listen to this, all the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. It's gonna happen in this city in 2032. Which of them foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right so that others may hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, he says to us this morning. Listen to this, church. We are his witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant who I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am, I am He. 
Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Saviour. He is the only way, the truth and the life. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declare the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days, I am here. And listen to this, no one can deliver out of my hand when I act, who can reverse it? No one. And God has spoken and he longs to bring revival. He's invited us to be a part of this. And it's in that secret place, it's in the little things, God's saying, be faithful in the little things and allow me to come. And to move. So will you stand with me, church? We're going to pray, respond in faith this morning to his word to us. Holy Spirit, you're just so near this morning. You're speaking, you're filling us with faith afresh this morning. Prayers that have been prayed, Lord, over 30 years. And before we were even here, Lord, prayers that have been prayed. Seeds that have been sown. But Lord, we believe you're unfolding a plan. There's no accident, Lord. The Olympics are coming to this city in 2032. No accident that Nicola and Reese are here with us this morning, that she spoke those words. Because you are stirring, Spirit of God. You are moving in hearts and lives. There is a hunger for you. And you are the only saviour. You're the only answer, the only one. And so now, Lord, we bring our faith, small or big this morning, we bring it. We say, yes, Lord, we're available, we're ready. Use us, fill us, lead us, we pray, so that, so that many would flood into the kingdom, Lord. The trickle will become a stream, the stream a river, the river a flood, we pray, of people coming into the kingdom of God. That where would be singing in streets, Lord, there would be worship in stadiums. That's our prayer, Lord. Our prayer as we live in the Olympics, Lord, that you'd be moving so powerfully already that by the time the Olympics come, people will be saying, Lord, what, what is going on in this city? What is going on in this nation? That it would spread to the ends of the earth, we pray. And so, Lord, not because we've come up with this, but because you have spoken, Lord. We put our faith in you, Lord. Not our idea of what you have said. That is where our faith lies. And so we look to you, Jesus, stir in hearts, Lord, and bless some particularly this morning, Lord, who you've just spoken to, you've encouraged, Lord, you've, you've, you've drawn near to this morning. When they walk through the waters, they will not be overcome, the flame will not be burned, Lord. Just encourage them this morning, I pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. We're going to sing a song of worship. Which says he is worthy of it all. It's just a perfect song to finish with. If you're here this morning, you've been responding, you want to be prayed for, we would love to pray for you. Do not leave this morning. Our prayer team will be down the front here. You're just saying, Lord, I'm all in. And you just want to be prayed for this morning over that. You have a need, we'd love to pray for you. Come down the front. The pastors, the prayer team, would love to pray for you. But let's worship full of faith. Let's worship together. Thanks, team.
worship him, church. Give him all the praise this morning. Oh God, we give you all the, all the glory this morning, all the praise, Lord. May we keep our hands off your work, I pray that, Lord. May we not interfere with the work you are doing, but Lord, be conduits for it to keep flowing. You're a holy one. You're so holy, God, so perfect in every way. And so we just want to keep honouring you and worshipping you. Lord, the worship just begins now. As Nicola reminds us, now the worship really begins. Lord, bless our conversations as we, as we share together. And this week, Lord, as you lead us, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Church, can we thank Nicola and Reese one more time? Thank you so much for being with us. Wow. You can grab a seat. Just a reminder, our prayer team will be down the front here. If you would like to be prayed for, do not leave this morning. Our prayer team, our prayer lounge up the back. If you'd like a spot up there as well, our Connections Lounge. And don't forget our church meeting for those who are members, particularly 11.45. God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us. And those online as well, thanks so much for sharing with us.